It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 230 for the start of March 2023. Time is flying. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me from his studio in sunny... Is it sunny? I don't know. Sunny Adelaide, South Australia. Ben Salter. Hi, Ben. We're back, Steve. What have you been doing? I mean, not that we ever left. To the listener, we were always here, but we're physically back. Well, we said, yeah. I was in Tasmania for the the last week, and you were around rural South Australia. If I... Yours sounds a lot more fun than mine, Tasmania. What were you doing over there? Uh, wineries, breweries. Uh, mm. We stayed at the Sapphire Fraisonne, which is like three grand a night. We didn't pay for it. Whoa. Um, must and be nice. I, it was like the biggest case of imposter like, syndrome I've ever felt in my entire life. It's like, I don't belong here. They know that I don't belong here. It's, it was weird. We went to an oyster shucking experience like in a river where they were like literally p- taking oysters from... The water mm. and opening them and feeding them to us and the guy you know, i did that as well in rural south australia but i was filming other people doing it uh they t- did they teach you how to do it like that was the whole thing how they shock it yes but but people of, of our caliber certainly don't do that ourselves do ben no 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 yeah the uh i'm not really a big oyster person and i mentioned that i wasn't really on the tour but I, they gave us some anyway and i did it my usual oyster way which is just like down the hatch get it done uh, like that's the only way I can really, and the woman's like, uh, the, the correct way to eat an oyster is like chew it two, three times and then swallow it. And so I did that. Disgusting. It's a mouthful of salt, <laughs> much worse. Uh, if you're like me and you're not a big oyster person, don't recommend that. But that's what I, you're meant to do. Apparently. I love oysters. I had no problem with that, but like the tour guide, my husband thinks was hitting on me a bit. So he kept like shucking them instead of putting on the table for everybody to grab. He just kept handing me like newly shucked oysters. Oh, I had like 25. And, you know, I love oysters, but after, like, the 15th, I was kind of, like, I was just eating them to be nice. Like, thank you. Please stop. Mm. And the tour guide's like, oh, so have you been to Africa? It's like, no. 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 Is that a, is it a rich person thing? I don't know, but, like, I've never been to Africa. I've been to Canada. You're living a much higher life than I'm aware of. You're you're eating oysters. You're staying in a three grand a night room. Insane. I don't even know you anymore. Um, It was not... Like, it was lovely, but I don't think any room is really worth three grand a night. I'm sure there are expensive rooms that are, like, an entire 50-story building or something that might warrant that. Okay, maybe my idea of what things cost is, like, completely shot, but anyway. What do you get for three grand a night that's different compared to, like, 300 a night? Like, a nice hotel room that had, like, inclusive wine... And like an inclusive mini bar and stuff, but like we hit that we hit the that element of it pretty hard the first night, and then we felt so awful the next day. It's like, well, okay, that was that was that out of the way, and now we'll be responsible adults again. So it was good. It was just yeah, it was it was a lot, and mm. I didn't answer your question at all. But I don't know how to, so that's it. All right, that's... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with that. And in that, <laughs> in the meantime, we haven't really been playing anything new. You've just been playing Kirby. I forget which one it is. The one of the many Kirby's has been Return so many. Return to Dreamland Deluxe. I think that's right. The Wii game. That's the Wii now game out on Switch, which you said is fun enough, but it's pretty much a bare bones remastered, more of a port really, upscaled port with some but some new content. A- content in the form of mini games, which is. Eh. We have enough mini games on the Switch and the Wii and the Wii U. Uh, in summary, like if if 
uh, Metroid Prime Remastered is like Nintendo doing it right. I think that mm. the Kirby game is Nintendo doing it wrong because there's not a lot on offer. It's kind of like one of those stop gaps while we wait for whatever comes after the Switch. Um, eh, yeah, it is what it is. Definitely that. Definitely uh, that. Have you, did you finish Metroid Prime? Are you back to Goldeneye? What's going on with you? That's I'm on my third or four playthroughs of Goldeneye. Um, I did finish Metroid Prime. It's like a probably like a 10 to 11 hour game if you know Metroid. If you remember it because you played it recently, it's probably like a six to seven hour game if you remember where to go all the time doesn't really tell you uh so it's not actually that long maybe it's like 15 16 hours if you haven't played before you don't know still very good the whole thing's very good uh but yes i went back to goldeneye you'll be proud of me steve because the achievement difficulties don't stack so i played it on easy the first time through then i played it on super hard which is tough um and the middle difficulty i don't have the achievement for went to true achievements don't stack you need to play it through three times and the fourth time is i'm trying to play it on switch with a 64 control of the old school way and man, that hurts my brain playing with one control stick. I've kind of gotten back into it, but it's tough. Like it's hard on easy. Whereas like playing on the hard mode on Xbox with modern controls, it's like it's eventually doable once you figure out a plan. There's no way I could do that on an N64. So good luck to you if you're playing on Switch. Well, and you've done it on the, the super hardest and it would have been nice if mm. everything just kind of fell in line. But at least now you can play your last go or you have played your last go on Xbox in like on, a, on a more enjoyable state, I suppose. Yeah, it should be easier. Uh, I don't have to do this. I've unlocked all the multiplayer levels, but I would like that achievement. I thought it was going to stack, and it feels incomplete now. It's also pretty quick. Once you remember this game and you know the objective, it's, I can get through it in like an hour. So oh, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I I did take an Xbox with me on my trip, and I played like so many Souls-like games. It's weird. Um, you're in a three thousand dollar a night room, and you're playing Xbox. Well. Only the one night, because Matt drank way too much that first night and then was like in bed by 8.30 the second night. So I'm like, I guess I'll play Scars Above, which is a, a sci-fi shooter, kind of trying to be Returnal, but and not doing it very well. Uh, reviews up on the site if you want to read it, because, you know, Ben didn't play it. Why would we talk about it? Uh, I can't talk about Wolong Fallen Dynasty yet, but it's by Team Ninja, who did Neo. Uh, that comes out in a couple days. So by the time you've listened to this, you can probably head to the site and check out a review, which will be live then hmm. there. So you have been playing stuff. I have been, but um, I wish I was playing, especially in the case of Scars Above, uh, some some good Souls-like. And who better to make a Souls-like than the, the people who put the Souls and Souls-like from software? Not that we're talking about a Souls game, but we're talking about Elden Ring. It has DLC announced in the, like, the least hype way ever. I guess. It's very from soft, isn't it? Uh, good news, though. You know me. I'm normally not a DLC person because normally I, the DLC comes out so late, I don't care anymore. I've moved on. I will definitely be going back for Elden Ring. I've got, again, I've got the thousand in it. I need to get the other achievements for the DLC, but also just a great game. And I'm keen to see if I can play it after, like, probably, what, 18-month layoff by the time the Satsi comes out. Uh, it's certainly a game that I think we've said many times on this show. You couldn't put down and just pick up again like six months later. So trying to do it like a year later, just pick it up. They're probably not going to have like most games when you do DLC. It's kind of like, oh, this is how this game works again, if you can, in case you forgot. And this is like an easy start to it. I think they're going to throw you right in with something pretty tough. So They'll probably change around some button configurations yeah. just to keep you on your toes. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And for some reason, that kind of makes it more compelling, if anything. I know it's going to be challenging. It's going to be brutal. I'm ready to jump back in. Um, and yeah, it was just like a, pretty much a, a tweet saying, 
we have DLC coming. They didn't even say when. They didn't. I don't know if they even said it's DLC. Maybe it's more like an expansion. I think they just kind of said Elden Ring, Shadow of Erdtree. Like, yeah, I can't remember was, what the word they used, but yeah, like it is DLC. This isn't the yeah. first piece, I guess, of DLC technically because that Colosseum PvP stuff came out. But I, I think you and I are both definitely not yeah. that demographic. So this is yeah, that. this is like some PVE stuff, some core Elden Ring gameplay. And I, like, there's a whole bunch of memes because it's Shadow of the Erd Tree, and it's like, oh, I didn't realize they're making a sequel to that Middle Earth franchise. Now it's you know Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of the Erd Tree, <laughs> very much like in that mm. kind of fantasy realm. But yeah, like Elden Ring was great. The lore, if you really get stuck into it, was was intriguing. Is it? It's not Millennia. She was the, or maybe it is Millennia. It looks like it's it's, it's it's it looks like it revolves around a character with a name starting in M, by her hair, <clears throat> as in the only piece of concept art that they've shown so that has people super excited not that i really care about that i just want to get some more hacky slashy going on yeah very exciting uh we don't know anything about it not a fact-based show so we have no facts anyway <laughs> i would suspect it's out this year for them to tweet it now like surely it's out in the next like six months or so and they wouldn't go like november i think they probably want it to come out mid-year so that they can release a game of the year complete edition whatever on disc full price again in time for that holiday rush and it will sell like crazy 20 million copies sold or something already this will easily push it up another 10 mil i'd say i agree i wholeheartedly agree um that's not a lot to talk about though because it was just like literally a no, tweet it's, it's, so it's a, it's the thing everyone wanted that's what happened so we, we kind of had a few announcements at the start of the year things people wanted which are not that massive but it's just what people want and they're they're happening so we've got that uh, the other big thing to happen since we've been away is PlayStation VR 2. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say came and went. It kind of it released and kind of disappeared. Like I haven't heard yeah. that much about it. It's not I'd the say... thing that everybody wants, or maybe they do, but because it has like a thousand dollar Australian price tag, it's maybe the thing yeah. that people want but aren't necessarily going to get straight away. Good yeah. assessment. Well, you, you and I, because you've been putting down three grand on hotel rooms, you don't have one. I don't have one. Uh, Jay on the site did get one and he's written about it and he pretty much said it's great like it works really well um he's i think the thing that stuck with me is he doesn't regret buying it at all and that's that's kind of a win i suppose because i think i definitely would if i bought one because it's mostly just going to sit in a drawer somewhere yeah um but he also wouldn't recommend it like it's so expensive that it's just it's it's very hard the fact that it costs more than the console they put the price of the console up and this thing still costs more than it and that's with no games uh it sounds like you know playing gt7 in in vr is awesome and i can see that it would be but it's kind of like one of those things that i'd like to try somewhere at someone else's house yeah and that's it i don't think i need to get it yeah it's a tough sell for that cost and like because i got one i got a vr one sent to me from sony and like that was the kind of fun thing it was people who hadn't experienced vr would come over and it's like well here's like the underwater you're in a shark cage diving with the sharks experience and they're like oh that's hmm. cool and like the really like adventurous it'd be like okay well here's the resident evil kitchen demo <laughs> have fun with that um and that novelty wore off really quickly for us and there were so many cables and it was such a just a horrible setup and like you put everything on i remember i was playing i think it was iron man vr and i came home and i took off like i just played for like an hour and a half and i took off the headset when i was finished and matt was just sitting on the couch beside me and it scared the crap out of me because you can't see or hear and i with vr2 it sounds like a lot of these problems are alleviated because there's only one cable that goes from the console to the headset you know you've got the button now that lets you give 
yourself uh, a view of the room around you, not like just like, like icons or whatever, like sensors that show you if you're going to hit a wall, but like you can like literally just use the external cameras to see what's around you. All the like concerns about VR1 seem to have been addressed in VR2, but it's still a thousand dollar unit with a library that has what Jay called, you know, like Horizon Call of the Mountain, a pack-in game that's not a pack-in game that you have to pay for that is, is kind of limited and you know, if it was a packing game, probably would have done better in his assessment than something that you're dropping up to $110 for. Uh, and a library of VR titles that are largely already on PC. And not a lot of other titles that have been announced. So it's slim pickings right now. And it's mm. like, so who does this cater to? The people who haven't tried VR? Well, maybe you're better off getting a, a VR one because it's the same games or similar if you're into VR, you probably have a really good PC for it, and you already have most of these games on that platform. It's a bit of a hard sell right now, but that doesn't mean that's not going to change, but I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it's always going to be in that category of like, who's this actually for? Uh, and it might be great, and there might be that killer app on it, which is just you need to play this in VR, which then it almost goes the other way if that does happen, if it's like an exclusive game that's only on VR, or it's something which just plays so much better in it. Does that then diminish that game for people who are not playing in VR? Um, which is the, kind of the same as like what happened with PlayStation Move and what happened with Connect, and to a lesser extent the Wii Remote because it was with, with, in everything. Um, it was kind of like when those got added to things, it was kind of like, okay, that's good, but I, I don't want it to be the main thing because I would like to better play this without that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always what I think with this type of thing. It's hard to know who it's for. It sounds like it's great, but I feel like it's going to fall away. Like they might have kind of one or two games a year, which is this is the VR game for the year, but it's mainly going to be a bit of a fad, like in the same way that Move was a fad and Connect was a fad, like they might sell millions of units, but they, I don't think it's, it's really going to go more mainstream than that just because of the cost. Yeah. Well, and you know, like one of the easy ways to combat this is Sony throwing studios into VR to make VR games, but obviously millions of people have a PS5, a very mm. small fraction of that, I'd imagine have a VR two unit. And, you know, like Sony's argument of, oh, well, we're only, you know, putting a lot of development into these games. We're going to sell them for 110 as a result. Like, if there's only one or two, like, triple A, you know, quality Sony games coming out at 110 a pop, they got to be a lot better than Call of the Mountain from the sound of it. Not that, you know, not that either of us have played it, but that's that's what I would say. That's what I would want before I even contemplated buying one of these things. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's always going to be that. It's going to be, if you want it, it's probably a fun experience and worthwhile if money is no factor and good on you if that's your situation. I think for most people, though, it's going to be a very hard sell and it's probably going to be never really on their radar. Uh, I know heaps of people kind of said, like, I had it in my cart and then I never checked out because it just it's that psychological barrier of it's more than the console uh, and how often will I use this thing? It's not like buying another controller. It's not like buying... You're better off if you have just a PlayStation at this point buy a Switch or buy an Xbox, like buying a whole nother ecosystem of consoles is going to get you way more games. It's not going to get you a different experience, but it's going to get you a bigger library, which I think is probably more worthwhile. And not that, you know, other VR headsets are that cheap, but, you know, for a thousand bucks, you can get a relatively decent, well, if not just a console, like you said, you can get a relatively decent, you know, PC that can run VR. Yeah. And then you just, you know, add a little bit extra to get an existing library of hundreds of games on vr if you're really into wanting that vr experience like i don't know if vr2 is the the platform for it just yet um 
while we were away, Sony did a state of play that featured, you know, half on VR games. None of those games interested me to the point where I couldn't tell you the name of one. Um, but they finished up with a look at uh, Rocksteady's Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, did you watch the state of play for one? Any thoughts? And two, mm. what did you think of the Suicide Squad stuff? I tune- I watched it live and I tuned into the state of play 20 minutes in and there was... That was accidental, and I kind of thought, no biggie, I'll have missed the VR stuff, which I'm not going to buy uh, VR too, so it doesn't matter. I was still on that. Uh, so I kind of got the, the tail end of that, and then, yeah, it was uh, having the Resident Evil 4 trailer was pretty cool. Like to see, I hadn't seen much of that, so that was a hit, and we'll chat more about that next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, it was kind of a series of like, it felt like the, the first kind of third of the Nintendo Direct, a bunch of stuff, which I'm sure people love, but it's not for me. Um, and yeah, as you said, they ended up on Suicide Squad, which got this huge, like 15 minute presentation, which is very different for a state of play. Uh, and that kind of direct format, like we're seeing now, it's normally being game, 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 and it's coming kind of short and it's mainly gameplay. It's not that developer chatting about something. This is almost like what Xbox used to do when we said Xbox dragged things out too much. It and felt like it felt like the Bethesda E3 showcases where like they yeah. talked about not only did they show like a, like a five minute trailer for the Elder Scrolls Online, then they, they then decided to talk to developers for 20 minutes about it. And about five minutes in, I was just like, I don't, I don't care. Um, well, with the Elder Scrolls Online, I don't care because I'm just, I'm apathetic to it. With the Suicide Squad stuff, it just looks like generic microtransaction live service, game as a service, like nightmare. Did, it, with, with four characters who I really don't care anything about, maybe Harley Quinn's the exception there but it's just they all have guns and they're all shooting as if they were the yeah. same character with different skins king, king shark is like this giant ass shark who jumps around and should be like the hulk and like eats people and he has a gun captain boomerang whose name is captain boomerang isn't using his boomerangs he's using a gun D- do you see some problems in what was presented ben yeah i think they're but with the exception of spider-man they're ruining superhero games. Like the last few have been absolute stinkers. Like uh, Gotham Knights, not fun. Um, and like Avengers before that, we it's already been discontinued. Essentially, was clearly a game that shouldn't have been a live service, and that's what ruined it. Like it's just been a series of not great games. When they they had Batman Arkham, like that was the one that kind of kicked this all off. That series, and they're trying to continue that with like now you get to play as the bad guys, but you're a multiplayer, and it's like. Ugh. It's it's not what you want. No one wants to do that. People want to play in the Batman world as Batman. It's yes. like that's what you should be doing. Uh, there's hope for things like Wolverine. Like I'm glad we're getting some different takes on things. But if you're going to continue the big series, I don't know what's going on in that kind of that Batman world, especially. But even like yeah, the Avengers games not great. Gotham Knights not great. What are they doing? Well, it's that it's those two in particular, and like I, even Gotham Knights to the same extent. Like they they look like oh, let's be Destiny. And then yeah. somewhere through development, they're like, oh, 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 we can't do that for some reason or the other. And they try to pull it back and it's just like this weird jumbled mess. Like Suicide Squad has the need for a persistent online connection, even in single player, just like Gotham Knights. Did Gotham Knights? I can't remember. There's other games that Probably. do. Maybe Saints Row. Was that one of the ones that had the same kind of weird thing? Like none yeah. of those games worked out very well. Um, whereas... The Wolverine game coming from Insomniac looks amazing because it's probably going to be like the Spider-Man game from Insomniac. 
because it's just a single player story where you're controlling someone you have an invested interest in like and the suicide squad definitely not the case rock city yeah. was supposed to make well they could have just made another batman game they they could have made maybe gotham knights without this live service stuff and made it something that i would have liked they were trying to make a superman game which got canceled and they got put onto this tr- garbage truck fire thing not that we've played it and maybe it's going to be great but I, I highly doubt it um Warner Brothers is making really huge missteps, not only in in video game superhero stuff, but like with their cinematic universe or whatever they're trying to come up with. Like, it's just find something that works and stick with it. Don't try to do something weird. You know, like, I'm surprised we didn't see a whole bunch of NFTs or something from them. Like, that's one thing that they happily managed to avoid. Yeah, I think they've, I mean, they've had some wins in trying to take a, a series and not use the main characters, do something to the side of that, like Hogwarts Legacy recently is a good example of that. They've done it with like some of the Lord of the Rings games, which was good and nothing to do with the actual main story. It's just set in Middle Earth. Uh, but like, yeah, they seem to be trying to apply that mindset to these superhero games and it, it's just not going to work there because the thing is, it's not the world that's interesting. Like the world of Middle Earth is interesting and there's heaps of things that can happen there. The world, like the wizard world of Hogwarts, there's heaps around that main story that can happen there. The world of whatever's happening in Batman is not very exciting without Batman. Like the things yeah. which happen in, in that world are set up for Batman to go foil these problems. Like if you're creating them, it just, anyway, it just doesn't, well, doesn't work for me as a game. Even Hogwarts like didn't really need RPG elements like cloaks that have 20 points more than other cloaks and this and that yeah. and the other. Like you just, you don't need it. You don't need it. You can have upgrades and different skills and stuff. That's fine. But, like, I don't know why Rocksteady thought it would be great to have that. There's Everyone's seen this picture of, you know, Captain Boomerang with this giant, you know, green camo sniper rifle that he's, like, super happy about. And it has, like, less DPS than the gun he already had equipped. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to loot chase in a game about four supervillains. Like, so, the weird thing is, like, I know there's a Wonder Woman game coming from Monolith who did the Shadow of Mordor games. Like, those look exciting. That lo- or those, those games are exciting, and the Wonder Woman game excites me. You get what I mean. Like, yeah. there was a bit where Wonder Woman in the in the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League stuff, she's not controlled by Brainiac yet. So she's, like, you know, lassoing Flash and saying, like, what do I have to do to stop you? And he's like, you just have to kill us. Like, that's the game I want to play. I want to be Wonder Woman taken on the justice league not like the degrade villains with guns shooting at an invulnerable man from another planet like i don't know what that's going to do unless you get kryptonite bullets or whatever like there's a far better story to be told and you've kind of highlighted that but we're just supposed to ignore it and play the live service game because you want my extra money get that catch yeah it, it feels like Rocksteady's making a, a spin-off even though they're meant to be the main developer so they've demoted themselves essentially wow it would put me to sleep. Well, maybe it won't. I'm just trying to find a segue into Pokemon Sleep, which I forgot about. And you've, you've in the show notes, reminded me that I this wasn't like too. a new announcement. This was something from like the pre-COVID yeah. times. That's why it's kind of interesting. So they have Pokemon Day once a year, which is the uh, anniversary of Pokemon Blue and Red, Green, whichever it was called in Japan, uh, coming out the first time. And of course, everyone thought it means those games are going to come to Switch Online. They tweeted like the box art for them. And then they didn't put them on Switch Online, which is a classic Nintendo move. But they did say Pokemon Sleep is back. So this is an app which we just all assumed went the way of the Vitality Sensor and which quietly cancelled and they realized it was a real dud. Apparently it's it's successful. It's a mobile app for your phone. Um, 
which tracks your sleep and then somehow tries to gamify that so that you wake up and based on how you've slept, you have access to some Pokemon, which I don't know, may or may not tie to Pokemon Go. I kind of got bored at that point. Uh, what do you think of that? Can you gamify sleep? Well, I guess, I, well, apparently you can, not that I'm looking forward to it. And you can buy a plus thing, which I guess you can plus wear. Plus. Oh, it's already a plus. It's the oh, plus it's... plus. You know when they write plus and then they do the plus icon? Plus plus. I don't if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you can see me almost having a seizure. I'd hate that <laughs> idea so much. Um, like cool, I guess. That just I don't know. I I have sleep things on my phone that I don't use. I have a wearable that I yeah. like to track my steps, but I'm not gonna wear it to bed because it's uncomfortable and weird. And I generally know how I sleep. Not very well. I toss and turn quite a bit. And having an app telling me that that's the case, I don't see how that benefits that. me. It'll just make me realize that I maybe sleep for like two hours solid at night, and then the rest is just like a charade. Like I don't like. I can, is this going to help me sleep? Is it a sleep trainer somehow? If that side of things somehow exists, I doubt it. Well, I don't know. But I guess Some I could get a Charizard from staying awake or not. Some people might be into it. They might be. Yeah, they might want to see what Pokemon they somehow caught by sleeping. Uh, kind of weird you're like you're not meant to have your phone everyone does but you're not meant to have your phone next to you when you sleep anyway there's something that it's better for you to live in a different room this app kind of feels like it's made for kids in that instance like it's a bit more fun than the uh, you know samsung or apple health tracking your sleep but then kids are probably the main ones that shouldn't have their phone with them because they're you know it's kind of like us playing game boy under the covers now you've just got your phone when you're meant to be sleeping uh so like yeah i don't really know who's going to use it but it's, it's interesting that it came back from the dead. That's the main thing here. Well, maybe this is one gimmick you can sleep on. Ooh, I think. That was like... I think we should leave it there, Steve. That's... <laughs> it's That's This a, is the weirdest yeah. point in time because there's a whole bunch of games coming out, but like they're not super amazing games. Not yet. We're getting into some good ones at tail end of March and like surrounds. There's a lot going on, but at the same time, there's very little going on. So this was a lean like 25 minutes, Ben. Not that, the, not that we need to extend this and try to stretch it out, but this is where we this are. Is the, this is the length, if you recall, listener, to like 50 episodes ago when we rebooted this thing. We said they're going to be about 25 minutes up to 40 max, 25, 30. We've rarely hit that. We always go slightly over. Uh, but this week we've delivered what we said. I like a tight 25. It's good for the commute. And why don't we just leave it there? On that, we'll see you next week for a, an action-packed episode all about Resident Evil 4 Remake. We've seen a bunch of gameplay. We can chat about some of it while we're kind of watching it or what we saw. Um, and the original game, how it kind of compares. It's out in a couple of weeks. So great time to look back at Resident Evil 4 next week.